I'm Rosie. I'm part of the ministry team here at Holy Trinity. I'm also part of a Connect group, and I've been part of quite a lot of similar groups over the 43 years I've been at this church. So, thank you for coming tonight. I'm sorry for the people like me who didn't make it last week because I thought I might fall over again in the snow, so stayed at home, but it's lovely to see you all. And Rowan Williams' book this week, if you read it, then you'll know that we're looking at one of the most difficult changes that we'll ever be asked to make as Jesus' disciples, and that is to forgive. When we decide to follow Jesus and give our lives to him, we have to make some very hard decisions about the way we've been living our lives in the past. But as we get to know Jesus better, and as we grow in faith, we realise that he is showing us how to change our lives. So tonight on the course, by the amazing Rowan Williams, do you know that he used to live in Clapham for a while? So we're going to think about one of the most difficult decisions we're ever going to have to make, to forgive until it really hurts. And for some of us, that can be the hardest change that we can make. I know how hard it's been for me. On one occasion, it's been very hard indeed. I was stretched to the very limit, and it's something I'm still working on after many years. So let's start off by looking at forgiveness in the way that Rome Williams asks us to, by looking at not just how hard it is to forgive others, but equally how hard it is to be forgiven ourselves. At the beginning of the chapter, we're given some familiar verses from St. Matthew's Gospel. And as I read it, I want you to think about that famous picture that we were looking at just now, the light of the world. And just as you saw it, just think about what Jesus' words mean to you as his disciple. Ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks at the door, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for bread, will give it a stone? I'd like you to just... I've been talking to Jamie, and I think tonight we'll stay in groups of the table to discuss things, so that there's more people to discuss. And I'd just like, just for a few minutes, for you to discuss that reading, to look at it, to discuss it, and to just try and think what it would mean to you about forgiveness. Where does it touch you about forgiveness, or God forgiving you? Okay, so if you break into the groups that are on your tables... Okay, and we'll come back in about five minutes. If you want to talk about what that reading means to you about forgiveness. Right, I hope you've had some nice discussions. I hope you've looked at this and been able to find something in it, something that connects it to the picture that was up before, which is the door and Jesus standing at the door waiting for us.
I hope that discussing that passage has helped you to start thinking about forgiveness in a different way. As I said at the beginning, it is a hard and complicated subject, and I'm certainly not going to be able to tell you everything about it. This is a deeply thought-out chapter, so I would encourage you to read it right through if you haven't already. It takes a lot of reading. But from my own experience, I can tell you that when something happens that hurts someone you love so much, forgiveness can be oh so tough. So, with that in mind, here's my take on and some of my thoughts on what Rowan Williams writes and some quotes. It's just to start you off and then there'll be time for your own discussions with all your own opinions and your reflections at the end. One of the first things we learn when we get to know God, our, God is our Father is that he valued us so much that he sacrificed his son Jesus on the cross. Jesus, who died for our sins, and we know that when we let God tell God we are sorry, and when we ask for forgiveness, God will give us that forgiveness freely. No strings attached. And that's when the door to a new life will open. And as Rowan says, we're given the bread that sets us free. In the reading from Matthew, Jesus is right, as always, when he says there are not many parents who would give their child a stone instead of bread. We all know that bread has been given a bad name recently, and a lot of us try not to eat too much of it, myself included, but <laughs> thousands of years, it has been our staple food, something that we know will keep us alive. But for Christians, bread is something important for another reason. Because ever since Jesus blessed the bread for the disciples at the Last Supper, it is the, it is the bread that we as his followers today have shared in the communion service. We use bread to remember why Jesus died for us and rose again. And of course, Jesus himself called himself the bread of life. So it should be no surprise that he uses it as an illustration in the prayer he taught us himself the Lord's Prayer. Give us today our daily bread. And that's what we ask. That is a direct request to God, almost a demand. But Jesus knows that we need to keep asking God for the bread of life to keep us going until his kingdom comes on earth. We need the power of the bread of life, the Holy Spirit, because Jesus knows that we're mortals and that we need him to nourish us. He will give us life in the Holy Spirit, and that will make us confident that we are loved more than we will ever know. It is the power of God's love on the cross, as Jesus dies for our sins, that makes us sure that we will never need to be ashamed to ask to be forgiven. Rowan tells us that the power in the Lord's Prayer is a challenge. It's a challenge to anyone who thinks they're completely self-sufficient and don't need any help. And it's also a challenge to those who feel that they're beginning to understand but haven't quite got there yet. What we need to realise is that God gave us our humanity as a gift. A gift God wants us to share with our neighbours. 
And if for any reason that sharing goes wrong, then God knows that we cannot give freely and pray for our daily bread. Our sin will be in the way of every single prayer. All of us get in a muddle sometimes about our faith. We think that we can feel right without God's help, but we know in our hearts that means that we've just stopped listening to God. We've stopped hearing all he needs to tell us. And that's when our lives get in a real mess and we need to ask Jesus for help. If our relationship with Jesus is strained and we're out of step with God, then we don't come to him with our hands open, needing help. We sit on them and hope for the best. And that's when we find ourselves in a predicament that I think we need to look at again in the Lord's Prayer. You see, Jesus knows us only too well, and Rowan is absolutely sure that that's the reason the prayer goes straight from daily bread to forgiveness. Or as he says, rather the gift of being forgiven as we've learned to forgive. It is deliberate. We all need God's forgiveness. And that's certainly the case for me every day. This chapter doesn't hold back and it tells us that when we have to think very hard about everything we do, because once we ask someone for forgiveness, we no longer have the privilege of being morally right or safe. And that uncertainty is very scary. It's a very scary place to be and it's a real step into the unknown. And equally, if you are the person who is forgiving them, then that can be quite scary too. You see, you can't be offended with the victim anymore because through the power of the Holy Spirit, a new relationship is being made. When we decide to be vulnerable, both the giver and the receiver of forgiveness, are no longer in a safety zone because, as Rowan says, they have begun to ask how to receive their humanity back as a God-given gift. He goes on to say, forgiveness is one of the most radical ways in which we are able to nourish one another's humanity. And for us, that is true. I'm sure that we've all had a moment of hurt that has made us withdraw into ourselves building a wall against any further intrusion. And that act takes away our humanity so that we can no longer be in a position to see the truth. The truth in which the person who needs to be forgiven and the person who finds it hard to forgive are both part of God's work. And so we know that they are loved by him equally. If God gives us our daily bread with no strings attached, then who are we to say that we have the need, no need of certain people? They're nothing to us. Maybe they did something that offended us or refused to be the first to extend a hand. But whatever it was, that is the moment that we need to think, what would Jesus do? And I know it's hard, it is so hard to hold out the hand of forgiveness to someone who has hurt us so much that we really find it hard to cope. 
But it can be equally difficult to be forgiven and to admit to yourself that you have deliberately hurt another human being. But when we find the time to look at our inner selves and to see the hurt again, then we realise how corrosive that hurt is and that self-examination helps us to see that we are willing to forgive or be forgiven. And that is when the miracle happens and we have been touched by God. Rowan says, forgiveness is the exchange of the bread of life and the bread of truth. It is a way in which those who have damaged each other's humanity and denied themselves their dignity are brought back into a relationship where each feeds the other and nurtures their dignity. But importantly, he goes on to say that we must never see forgiveness as something that gives us power, power over the person we've forgiven. Neither must we see them as a benefactor. We mustn't be a benefactor to them, especially if they're insecure. He quotes Hosea 11, 8-9, where we see God's extraordinary forgiveness, which is never, never like that. For I am God and not man, the Holy One among you. I will not come in wrath. Rome Williams writes, not power, but the powerlessness of the God whose nature is to love us is what is shown in the act of forgiving. When we as disciples, rooted in Jesus, then we share that powerlessness and our roots grow deeper as we try harder and realise that we can forgive. Rowan Williams dealing with what it's said to be like to be forgiven says, it is another kind of powerlessness, recognising that I cannot live without the word of mercy. Recognising that I cannot live without the word of mercy. All of us who are forgiving and the forgiven have to look hard at our past with everything that entails because only when we've accepted the past are we able to look to the future and be able to lead a full life with each other. And for me, that is the hardest part of forgiveness. And I'm not there yet. I don't know about you, but I'm still trying. I'd like you to think about what is said in the book. I'd like you to think about what I've said and what I've quoted from Rowan. I'd like you to think about the forgiving and the forgiven. So can you go into your groups again and we'll have about 10, 15 minutes of talking about maybe times that you've been forgiven, maybe times when you've been forgiving. And if you really get stuck, you can go to the three questions that are on the handout and see how you could answer those three questions. Thank you. If we could just um, finish up that thought where I'm at. I'm, I'm so sorry to interrupt. Um, I know that, uh, like me, you'll all be grateful for the way that uh, Rosie has been sharing tonight and opening um, this 
part of life which affects us all. Um, and it's clear that the Holy Spirit has been at work in our discussions tonight in um, what we've been hearing from Rosie as well. Um, and what we'd love to do right now is just to also create a bit of space for us to just pray right now. Um, so let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you that your love reaches to the heavens and your faithfulness to the skies. We thank you that you love us to the very bottom of our souls. Thank you that there's nowhere so dark, nowhere so deep that you've not been. Thank you that you are um, the man of sorrows who was much acquainted with deepest grief. Thank you that you've borne the, the weight of the world on your shoulders. And we pray that, however painful it may be, that this whole area of forgiveness would not only draw us closer to people around us, but also closer to you, Jesus. Thank you that this is an area where you can relate to us in every way. So we just open ourselves up to you afresh. <laughs> and Lord, by your spirit, would you move in us, would you be at work in us right now? Jesus, you are the one who is wounded, but you're also the wounded healer. And we invite you to do your healing work in us tonight. Father God, you know how often we fail to do your will. And you know how often we hurt one another without thinking without thinking what we're doing or what we're saying. Give us the strength to forgive and to be forgiven today and every day as we see you on the cross taking away all our sins. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for um, being here tonight. Thank you for um, yeah, for coming and engaging. And it, it's obvious that um, a topic like this tonight will um, bring up things for us that perhaps um, yeah we, we may not have looked at for a while. Um, so um, please do go on sharing and, and with somebody that you trust, somebody that you respect, and that you know you can share these things with, please do um, share these things. It, sort of, it seems to be that when we um, share these things with somebody that we trust and, and, and that we respect, that 
um, the light shines on these areas and they, they can lose their power in our lives as well. Um, so I, I just wanted to say that, um, yeah, any area to do with uh, forgiveness, um, please do go on praying, do go on talking to God about this area, um, but also um, keep talking with the people that you, you trust and you love. Um, thank you, Rosie, very much for leading us tonight.